welcome back to Dialogical Humanism. Today's episode is all about the rural-urban divide and why it should concern all Canadians. I have with me a really awesome friend. Her name is Hillary. She's living right now one hour north of London, 20 minutes away from Goderich. She's been farming her whole life and she's an aspiring veterinarian. Hillary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jan, for having me. No, of course. I thought that we'd start today with um, this fun two truths and a lie activity just to illustrate just how clueless someone living in Toronto can be when it comes to a farming lifestyle. So I was wondering if you wouldn't mind giving me like your two truths and a lie. I'll try to figure out which one is false. Alrighty, um, so I'm going to start with, we planted wheat in June, usually. Um, the second one is, it takes 36 days for a chicken to be full grown, uh, like market weight. Okay. And the last one is, milk contains opioid-like substances. Oh my gosh, I actually have no clue. I'm going to pause the podcast right there so everyone listening can participate in this two truths and a lie game with Hillary. To summarize, the two truths and a lie were wheat is typically planted in June. Chickens take 36 days to grow from an egg all the way to market weight or full size. And milk has opioid-like substances in it. Don't cheat. The lie is revealed in the last five minutes of this episode which is all about the rural-urban divide in Canada. You may be wondering, why dedicate an entire episode to raising awareness for Canadian farmers? Quite simply, it's because the division between rural and urban areas around the globe is now one of the most destabilizing forces politically and economically. As tensions worsen between country and city around the world, the situation becomes life-threatening as supremacy and populism thrive off this growing divide. We've seen this in America with the election of Trump. We've seen this in the UK with Brexit. What might shock Canadian listeners is that our rural-urban divide is not far off. We are leaving the Canadian countryside behind when it comes to political and economic decisions. There is poor education, healthcare, and infrastructure outside of city centers in Canada. As a result, more than ever, it's important to raise awareness for where our daily bread and butter comes from, which is the hands of Canadian farmers like Hillary. She's a dear friend of mine, a dairy farmer, and a Canadian 20-something-year-old. This is our conversation about the rural-urban divide in Canada and the importance of farmers to city life. We need to recognize the work of farmers and challenge the normalization of urban life, which is becoming increasingly unsustainable and disconnected. This is Dialogical Humanism. As mentioned, Hillary, today is all about discussing the rural-urban divide and why it's so important for Canadians to critically examine and realize. I'm going to read a little quote that I found on the internet about just how much agriculture and agri-food manufacturing contributes to Canada's GDP. 
it contributes just over $49 billion to our GDP every year, which is almost 3%. And I find this astonishing because I don't think a lot of people who live outside of the city, or sorry, a lot of people who live inside of the city realize just how important agriculture is to Canada. If you could tell people who live in the city one thing about the industry and its importance, what would it be? I don't, th- I don't think people think when they go to the grocery store about really where their food comes from, who supplied it, how it was raised and everything, you know. It, the agriculture and agri-food system, it has um, approximately 2.3 million people in Canada employed by it. Wow. It, it's crazy. It's, it's what makes Canada's heart beat because we're feeding people and it's, we're just in the background and people don't really think too much about the agricultural sector and the industry. To echo Hillary's points and to emphasize them, the agriculture system in Canada is a massive contributor to our economy. It rivals the contribution that's made by the oil and gas industry. Primary agriculture or farming, just like what Hillary does, employs close to 300,000 people across the country. That means that Canadian farmers are contributing directly to the quality of life that you and I enjoy in Canada, be it through the education system or healthcare system here. We've got Canadian farmers to thank. And I feel like that there should be a form of um, a course or like a few days in the classroom in uh, elementary schools where they do learn about that stuff. Yeah. I was just going to say, if we never met at summer camp, I don't know if I'd ever have the chance to have a conversation with a farmer in Canada, which is nuts. I'm going to read a quotation that I found from an article. This is coming from Quartz.com. It says that, quote, The division between rural and urban areas in North America, Europe, and Asia is one of the most destabilizing forces currently facing policymakers and their citizens. Educated workers in cities are surging ahead, enjoying income growth and higher standards of living. Meanwhile, life is stagnating in rural districts, which tend to be older and less educated. It's not just a source of political division and populism, leading to once unthinkable election outcomes. It also threatens to strain economies, leading to lower growth and increased inequality, unquote. Do you have any thoughts on this, Hillary? And anything that comes to mind when it comes to this rural-urban divide that's growing in Canada? Yeah, I totally agree with that statement because the rural-urban divide is not necessarily about I say supper, you say dinner. It's more, it, it it's in, completely encompasses inequalities that are just continuing to grow every day. Like um, it mentioned healthcare. Uh, we do not have the same type of access to health care as people do in urban environments in the city. Yeah. Internet access, child care, availability of jobs, public transit is basically non-existent out here. So um, that does create a lot of political divide because you, I don't want to generalize you guys, but <laughs> people in the city generally have a lot more access to things. Yeah. So. In the country, we're looking politically for um, for services that would 
benefit us. And in the most recent election, that was not going to be the carbon tax because I need my car to get to work where someone in the city may be able to ride their bike or take public transit. Mm. It's, It's just not the same. At first, I wasn't quite sure what Hillary meant by saying that the rural-urban divide isn't just an I-say-supper-you-say-dinner type of situation, but now I totally understand. What she is referring to is that the rural-urban divide in Canada is not just two versions of the same opportunities, the same lifestyle. Fundamentally, a lot of farming communities do not have access to a lot of services that we in the city just take for granted. For example, only 11% of communities in rural Ontario have some form of public transit. That's garbage. Um, A couple other things that I found while doing research for this episode as well. Hillary, I was wondering if you could talk about the shortage of doctors and physicians that are in rural areas. And another thing that is interesting is I read that there's There are more injuries that occur outside of the city, big injuries, because you guys have a really busy lifestyle and a lot of heavy machinery that goes around. And so I feel like that's a compounding effect with, you know, more injuries, but less access to adequate health care. Yeah, definitely. So there is a extreme shortage of doctors and nurses in rural communities and, and in hospitals. In Nova Scotia, I went to university there for four years. And they're shutting down emergency rooms um, at night or on the weekends because they just don't have the staff to keep it up. They don't have doctors. And you can't time when you get an emergency or an accident happening. And usually that does happen at night when you are tired and you do make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so it, there's a shortage of doctors, I believe, because of the lack of services around here Um Issues with internet, uh, child care, like doctors don't want to move from the city to a rural environment because yeah. it's just not their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and possibly a pay cut, too, Yeah, no, is it's true. what I'm thinking because, like, we just can't afford it out here. It's not that many people. My gut reaction to what Hillary just said was just a feeling of such discomfort and sadness because Canadian farmers are the people who put food on our tables every day. And yet so many people who live outside of the city in Canada don't have overnight access to an emergency department. That's absolutely wild. I know a lot of people might be thinking, why does this even matter? Well, as Hillary mentioned, specifically in Nova Scotia, emergency doctors are becoming so overwhelmed that they've actually had to start treating patients in supply closets because there weren't enough hospital beds in the ER department. Of course, this is going to lead to a lot more doctors leaving rural communities because they feel like they can't do their jobs properly, which then leads to more ER closures. These fundamental injustices are occurring every day here in Canada, and it's important for us to just at least think about them. Also, as mentioned, there are more large injuries that occur outside of the city and on farms because people who work on farms are exposed to such dangerous and heavy equipment. Let's hear from Hillary about why precisely these injuries occur. 
I think you're going to be really shocked at what she's about to say. It's happening because we're working long hours. We're working 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 hours a day trying to produce food, trying to get the crops in the ground and get everything done. And injuries happen because you're tired and you're not paying attention. Whoa, wait, hold up. I didn't realize that the typical workday is that long when it's when it's a busy season, hey? It, it's crazy. My boyfriend was out from 6 to 2 in the morning. Yeah. 6 a.m. till 2 in the morning. Yeah. Like, because he has a full-time job and he also farms. Mm-hmm. Um, he does cash crop. He grows corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah. And so he got up, went to work, came home, got in the tractor, and planted until 2 in the morning. 2 in the morning? Oh, my yes. God. Okay. I, that's absolutely wild to me just because, I mean, so many people in the city complain about, you know, the 9 to 5. Um, and, you know, when we have to work overtime, not that that isn't physically and mentally draining for its own reasons as well, but just that sheer disparity there between, I think, the perception of what a rural lifestyle is and how hardworking farmers are just the disparity yeah, between yeah. how people realize that. And I think that's just crazy because the work that you guys do is so essential. We literally wouldn't be able to have dinner in the city if people like your boyfriend weren't pulling those shifts. Okay, Hillary, one thing I do want to address, though, is how, first of all, there isn't really a clear definition of what rural is or what urban is. And I think that leads into my next question for you. I think in a city, we put modernity on such a pedestal when when you really examine that word to be modern, there's no real clear definition for that. And I think that becomes really problematic when being modern gets put on a pedestal so much because I think people glorify urban lifestyles to the point where, for example, there's a huge shortage of young farmers in rural Ontario. I was wondering on that point, what are your favorite parts about living outside the city? And if you could, you know, convince people to consider farming as a lifestyle, what would you say? Well, first of all, I'd like to just point out that being modern does not mean living in the city. I feel that there is a huge amount of people and young people who believe that. That's why so many of my friends from high school did move away and they went to the city because to go to university, to get a job, et cetera, et cetera. You can still be a farmer and still be modern. It's not an easy job to do, but Technology and equipment makes it so much better. I've seen million dollars, like hundreds of thousands of dollar tractors and equipment sitting in people's yards. And you just drive by, you're like, oh, I wish I could be that modern farmer. And then I drive down the road a little more and there's a team of horses out with a plow um, that Amish is driving. Like that's, that's just the way of it. Like that's just how it goes. And I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I have never seen myself living in the city. I think the city smells really bad. I think 
that there's way too many people there. The traffic is awful. I don't know how you guys drive there. You can barely, like, stand and take a deep breath and have any peace living in the city, I think. It, that's just how I picture it. I, and so that's why so many people have, a like, a country cottage home or, like, a cottage by the lake and stuff where they can escape that rush and of the city and isolate themselves. Absolutely. And I think that's a huge irony that people have cottages in rural areas, but at the same time, deeply don't respect that way of life and recognize that it can be modern too. And if anything, I would say there's nothing more modern than a hundred million dollar machine. Like that's the forefront of technology. that Hillary do you have any final words that you want to share with our listeners I know most listeners right now are coming from the city coming from Toronto if there's one thing that you want them to take away from this whole episode what would that be so one of the most important things that people in the city should do once COVID's over and social distancing and everything shut down is, uh, is all opened up again I believe that People should visit a farm. People should understand where their food comes from. Google it. They have open farm days um, that you're able to go out and see where your chicken comes from, where your meat, where your vegetables come from, where your milk comes from. Um, I know in Ottawa they have that uh, the research farm there. Go there. Like, go see the cows and, like, just experience face-to-face what, agriculture is about because it's so important to know that we are behind you guys the whole way producing the food that you eat every day that you need to survive and it is so important to buy canadian and to support your local farmers because without us that you guys would not be able to basically live (laughs) i know we laugh about that but honestly it's just you, I don't think we can understate, or sorry, I don't think we can overstate the importance of the agriculture industry in Canada. And to your point, Hillary, about visiting farms, I was going to say, you know, pumpkin patch photos are cute and all, but, you know, I can't wait to visit a farm and get a photo next to a hundred thousand dollar or million dollar machine. hundred thousand dollars. Is that like, that's not a good estimate, is it? No, not $100 million. Oh my god, that's nuts. Okay. Okay. Hillary, thank you so much for being on this podcast episode today. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, of course. And I hope that everyone who's listening right now, the next time you eat a potato or have some chicken or drink some milk, you think about this episode. And as Hillary mentioned, how Canadian farmers are behind all of us all the way producing the food that we need to live 
and that you make an effort and Google and learn about agriculture in Canada and hopefully visit a farm when all of this is over. Again, this has been Dialogical Humanism. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, um, I'm going to guess that you plant wheat in June. Is that false? Yeah, that is false, actually. Oh, cool. I was just thinking, like, summertime and dryness. But the other two facts, (laughs) I can't believe. Like, seriously? Uh, Yeah, seriously. Um, Milk has, like, I'm not even sure what it's called. I have to look it up. But it's basically, um, it's an opioid-like substance that, like, will attach onto your receptors that behave like an opioid. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, yeah, we only have our chickens in the barn for 36 days. Yeah. Sometimes they can be in for longer. Yeah. And, yeah, the wheat is false. Uh, winter wheat is actually planted in September or late August. Yeah. And then harvested next year. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's why milk puts you to sleep then, because actually opioid drugs um, are known to, I think, deepen the state of sleep that you're in. So Yeah, and that's people think funny. that's why people have such an addiction to cheese, too. Oh my god. <laughs> Everyone loves cheese. Because it's basically opium. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, don't do drugs, kids. That wasn't the the, the moral of today's <laughs> podcast. But you should drink milk. It is pretty good for you. I would like to get to know if I could be The kind of girl that you could be down for Cutting all up on